This is Power Athlete Radio. With your hosts, Denny K, Professor Booty, and the Luke Summers. And now, toes forward, hips locked, shoulders set, and retract those scapulas. It's time for some knowledge bombs. This is Danny, once again, gathering the collective minds for the greatest podcast in history. <laughs> I got this Luke is a Summers here. What's going on, guys? What's up, on, fellas? You know that's an official ranking. Uh, <laughs> it's if we were just talking before the show. It's I think it's the same. The folks who rank us as the best podcast in the galaxy. I believe is the title. Uh, also rank us as the best looking seminar staff. So just, just under JD Power and Associates. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's uh, you know, that's a that's a good uh, a good topic that you bring up. You know, we we're we're getting great submissions uh, for the Power Athlete Radio material. Um, you know. Write some comments on iTunes for all you iTunes followers, you know. Let us know how we're doing. Give us some uh, positive feedback. We get a lot coming in through uh, Power Athlete Headquarters, but let's get some more chatter on the uh, on iTunes as well because that's how we roll. Yeah, and you know, you know what they say. If you don't have anything nice to say, then don't say it at all. So you think that's what's happening? <laughs> no. Uh, I mean, uh, come on. We got hey, listen, if you want me to bring back the sledgehammer, <laughs> yeah, or the jackhammers. Every podcast needs a little background. I mean, we got it all on this podcast. Yeah. Well, that's what you know. What the that's what happens when you run a, a lean organization. You have to be versatile. You have to be able to record a show even when your kids are crying or when someone's tearing up uh, your gym floor. Like you just got to make it happen, you know, and that's what we're, that's our specialty. Make it happen. Well, so Luke, uh, last week, John and Ben, you know, they went and did the UK seminar. Um, did you hear any, uh, any interesting comments on that trip from those guys? They had an awesome, uh, an awesome crew. Uh, they, the biggest thing when you go to these or when we put on these seminars again is like, is the attendee experience. So uh, John carries a lot of star power and a lot of the feedback we've been getting because we request feedback at every one of these seminars is, you know, you see a big guy like Wellborn walk through the door. And if you have uh, any experience playing high level sports, uh, you don't really equate intelligence with that stature. So he, he blew everybody's minds. Uh, we answer every question. We go down every rat hole and, and people had a blast, you know, it's, I know, uh, a buddy of mine from, buddy of mine from New, Zealand New Zealand is, um, is uh, he's going to go to the one in Germany. So he's going to, he traveled to nice. the UK to check out this seminar. And uh, he said it, his mind was so blown. He thinks he missed some stuff. He's going to Germany. You know, I, I really, it, it, it benefited me big time seeing two seminars, you know, and, and that's just the beginning. I mean, really? shit, if I could follow you guys around, I mean, we're talking Grateful Dead, Deadhead kind of stuff, man. I mean, maybe I'll just quit my job and do that. <laughs> it really is. I mean, that's what I did. And uh, after like my eighth or ninth seminar, like it 
all all the pieces finally connected and i'm delivering the material too studying it listening to film or uh our audio recordings and it, it took it took a long time to, to connect all the dots but once you understand the ecosystem the method and how it's all tied together uh, in whole like it's it's really eye-opening it's you know it if this is your profession and this is your passion, it's life changing. It really is. And John and I have been talking quite a bit about, you know, this program or that program because people ask us about it. And and we just we just fielded a couple questions for Wad Talk magazine, and uh, they might do a little article on us. But you know what it all came down to is like. <laughs> in your travels and in your experience what are the what's the most common mistake you see in the strength and conditioning world and uh it's ego if you if you understand that you are not bigger than the principles you know there's tried and true principles there's people who spent their lives researching this stuff if you appreciate the fact that you are not bigger than those principles and you know how to apply them then you are going to be light years beyond uh light years beyond most of the coaches out there. So people, uh, you know, John did a great, apparently a great job of identifying they weren't getting the message across. And it's sometimes it's a cultural thing. You know, we have a certain sense of humor and a certain way of delivery. Uh, when you go to Europe, it doesn't, it doesn't mesh well. It's not to say that we were offensive or anything like that. It's just the way that we can communicate here. It wasn't effective there. So he spent the last hour or so, tying up the knots for everybody and uh he said after the sir people were coming up like you know in proverbial tears like oh i i get it now i finally get it and uh it's it's hard to explain without really attending one of these things but there is a so much knowledge and some things appear to contradict others but it's about context it's not about application and it's different and you have to understand that so the that's that's one of the biggest things that was different about this uk deal is you know there's people from denmark there's people from italy there's people from all over that it just we just kind of had to step back and go you guys clearly cannot see the forest through the trees or john and ben had to and they tied it all up for him that's really cool can, can you guys hear me still yeah Loud okay cool clear. yeah Steve, um, you lived over there for a while, right? I mean, can you identify with that, the, the, the way the cultures, uh, the difference in the culture? Yeah, I mean, I lived in Liverpool, which is kind of like the Detroit of the UK. Um, <laughs> no offense to you, Detroit followers. Um, uh, I mean, there's definitely a different culture over there, and um, they like to do the things they like to do, just like us. You know, they don't want to just bow down to it. But I think they're also a little bit more open-minded in some respects. Um, so that, that was my experience, at least with some, some things, but I didn't train real hard over there. When I was over there, I was working hard and I'd injured my back twice. Um, in fact, the reason I found CrossFit was because I was in England. I injured my back and somebody recommended it cause it had lots of body weight exercises in it. And then, and then I found CrossFit football and then the rest is kind of history after that. But that was after I moved back to the States. Nice. Nice. So, Luke, um, Nebraska's next, right? <laughs> Omaha, Nebraska. We got Luke. 
<laughs> sorry, I was sorry, guys. I was on mute because oh. there's a tile saw right outside my window. Um, nice. Yeah, dude, it's like you know, I might as well live in the construction capital of the world. Yeah, you know, if uh, it's not an airplane, it's a tile saw. Um, so apologies again on any background noise to our listeners, but uh, yeah, we're going to Omaha, Nebraska, and. Um, it's me and Tex. We uh, we've been scheming this whole week on how we're gonna we're gonna blow this one out of the water, and that's that's all we really focus on the week leading up. I mean, we each have our coaching gigs, you know, our home lives, but uh, you know, there's a series of preparation things to do to prepare for the for the seminar coming up. So we're excited, man. I'd be Nebraska. Um, I think of Nebraska. I think of the Cornhuskers. Uh, <laughs> Big offensive line, right? Line up, run the ball, smash people. Yeah. That's kind of uh, the bad Wisconsin Badgers. I mean, that's, you know, I like Big Ten football. Um, have you, you know, that, have you ever heard of the, uh, like the Nebraska method um, of strength and conditioning? Kind of like a tagline of, I think it was in the 90s. Yeah. Is, are you talking about like the, the Nebraska circuit training? Yeah, yeah. When they when they like introduced metabolic conditioning, like in the early '90s, they were like just crushing people. I, I think they called it like the Survivor Circuit or something. I don't. I just got like little bits and pieces, but yeah. So uh, it's like uh, it's it's. I think it's like nine stations, and what you, what it's all about. It's it's dude. It's classic like CrossFit s type stuff. Uh, you start with legs. You rotate uh, legs, back, arms. And you start with your compound joints and you end with your um, – with kind of like isolated lifts. And I believe it's like 60 seconds. Uh, you have 60 seconds to complete a set of 10 reps. And then uh, you do three sets of 10 or you work up to three sets of 10. And you start with like squats. Then you'll do bench. Then you'll do like pull-ups or lat pull-down. And then you'll do, uh, you know, another compound lift for your legs. So it's like uh, you got three sets of legs, three sets of back, and three sets of arms. You know, it's uh, – but we've had a couple people follow it. I know John's applied it uh, in some of our private programming. And they <laughs> – there's a disc- – I think there's a disclaimer like, you know, you need to be super experienced and, and this – training protocol will exceed your psychological threshold of pain. So like it's a certain in type of individual that really needs to go through this. But when you get to that high level of, of football, like all those guys are crazy, you know, and that's mm-hmm. not an insult, but you have to have some loose wires and you have to have some wires disconnected. If you're going to go through uh, that level of, of beating week in and week out, you know, yeah, you yeah. gotta want something if you're gonna do that to your body. Yeah. So, and I think it was, uh, I want to say it was like a four, five, or six week circuit, and that's all they said. They said within a year, you only need four to six weeks of this, and it shouldn't, it shouldn't, this style of training shouldn't be a, a year round thing because it doesn't work, you know. And uh, that's that's what John and I have been talking about for the past maybe two weeks and he's been traveling. I've been traveling. We haven't had a chance to like sit down and round table, but, uh, you know, it's, it's super something that's, 
I don't know, super enlightening, I guess. But again, hidden in plain view is like everything works, but it doesn't always work forever. Uh, you know, and it's all about finding what's optimal for what period of time. And this kind of all goes back to exactly what's coming up with or the, the question that was raised on the football comments about, you know, we've we did some research and we saw 20 weeks and then we're getting feedback from individuals about nine months and continuing to progress. Uh, you know, and it's like, well, which one's going to be more optimal? What's the most I what's the correct amount of time for the amateur progression in the amateur window and uh we kind of got to take a step back and do a little research you think the window is widening it's all about you know again everything works and it we don't know the best way to determine what is optimal you know when you move on to the collegiate template and you start working in the rm matrix (laughs) You should be trying to add as much weight as you can over your previous attempt. Mm-hmm. So the the progression doesn't stop. It just stops being linear. Right. And you know what? Some days you can't lift that much. And if you look at it, it's, it's a means to the RM and uh, a lot of the drop set stuff that we do. It's a way to balance volume and intensity. And that's exactly what resetting is. You know, if you keep adding weight, 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 you're adding intensity, but then you reduce your intensity – and it becomes volume, you know. It's so it's like um, uh, it, it, we're gonna we're gonna go through the Rolodex, uh, open up the textbooks, and try to put a you know put a more definitive um, a more definitive timeline on this, or a, rather than a timeline, you know, because we don't like I you know there has to be a set of landmarks, like there has to be a set of an indication or a set of variables that that pop and tell you when linear progression is no longer optimal. You know what I mean? Yeah. But everybody's different, right? Every central nervous system is different. I, I, you know, I hear you talk about like programming for 20,000 plus here's what works. Um, but that's a, that's a huge task. Well, there's lots of, there's lots of variation around that mean, right? So, I mean, there might be, 2,000 people in that 20,000, that 20 weeks is perfect. There's probably a ton that maybe 21 weeks is perfect or 19 weeks is perfect or 30 weeks or nine months or whatever. So that's a hard one to nail. There's people, Steve, there's still people on the comments who have been on amateur for one guy's like, I've been on it for three years. I still have gains. Denny, you're preaching to the choir. When I came back after hurting my shoulder, I was like, I think I'm just going to jump on amateur for a little while. And John bitch slapped me and was like, Black, you can't go on amateur, (laughs) dude. Like, you need to go right to collegiate. And I was like, oh, shit. Okay, whatever you say, John. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you you hear people who've been on amateur progression. I mean, when we talk about milking it for years. But, I mean, it's a good powerlifting template. It is. And if you benching, pressing and squatting, I mean, if that's what you want to do, that's your athlete, that's your athleticism or that's your skill. I mean, that's what you do, right? Yeah. Yeah. But the the yes. And especially if you're testing for fives. But what you're ultimately going to do is you're going to adapt to those fives. And and there is I mean, you you read the West Side Book of Methods, you you read uh, Science and Practices, you, you read any of these texts and they talk about they talk about variation in training. So, yeah. um, you know, it's 
I think we're trying to boil the ocean, and that's what I got to talk to John about too. Is like, you know, like boil the ocean. It's it's there's got to be there's got to be a set of global indicators that can vary by skill level, and I don't know if that's and again if uh, if there is a period, uh, we're not talking about. Ha- uh, Unfortunately, like I, like you guys said, there's 20,000 followers here, and we're trying to program for them, and it's not going to be a slam dunk every time. I was watching a, a, <laughs> the, a football life on Barry Sanders is on NFL Network. I've uh, seen that one. Yeah, dude, and he said, you know, one of the things he said is like, you know, people regard me as one of the best running backs of all time, but uh, not every run was for positive yardage. So, you know, as long as we are consistently over a long enough timeline – putting weight on your numbers and you are getting stronger and better. If there's a, a six to 10 week window where you may have hopped off the amateur progression too soon or too late and it's not optimal, but we get you back up to optimal on a long enough timeline. That's what John and I have to, and the rest of our crew, Callie and, and Tex, you know, we're going to have a round table on it. John's going to pull out the Rolodex, like I said, and we're going to try and nail this down. And where the 20 weeks came from, was we were going through Mel Siff super training and uh, he starts talking about for an untrained athlete. Now here's the key, an untrained athlete, uh, the, the phases of adaptation that take place and the approximate timelines associated with it. And at the end of the day, 20 weeks, there becomes a split in, in the limiting factor at, at the end of 20 weeks for an untrained athlete where either the central nervous system needs to uh, needs more adaptation or this athlete needs to undergo uh, additional hypertrophy to actually generate more force. It's one of those two. Uh, they no longer tr- are able to be trained in tandem. So that's where we cut that that timeline and we're like, oh, then you just ba- balance volume intensity, which is a lot of what the, the collegiate template's about. Now mm-hmm. – that you know, it just also depends on where you start, <laughs> so to speak, too. You know what I mean? So there could be. Mel Siff said something like uh, six to nine weeks of hypertrophy. Will, uh, the athlete will undergo six to nine weeks of hypertrophy. But we're seeing that smashed um, on the comments. We're seeing it smashed. No one really. A lot of people who submitted their information for the beginners guide, and this is one of the reasons we we wanted to collect this information, and we were hoping for some more detailed numbers. But uh, you know, a lot of people were just like, "Oh, it was great. I'm totally jacked. I kick ass." You know, <laughs> like I was looking more for like, "Oh, my squat went from uh, you know 160 pounds to 314 pounds in my three by fives uh, over a period of." 60 weeks well okay maybe we could have got you there if you jumped on to the collegiate template in 40 weeks right hey you listen know, everyone doesn't keep a journal like i do uh yeah you know they don't and but there are those people are out there uh I, and they've been to the cert, and I've seen their mad science binders. And I know Dreadlock's one of them. I met, I saw him in in the Northeast, and uh, I think a guy named Ben. I saw him in St. Charles, and these guys had like every detail written down. I'm like, you know, this is what this is what our boy Booty does, you know. But um, <laughs> so I guess to rather than just kind of barf this whole thing out <laughs> i'll put a little structure to it we got to sit down we got to we got to look at the information that's in front of us um we got to vet it out and then 
you know, unfortunately, we don't at our gym. We don't have we don't have a large abundance of untrained athletes. So if like I, uh, we just got to find some people who. Oh, what lifting weights? Yeah, I do that. I've been using the cable pull down. Okay, well let's put them on linear progression. Let's see how long it lasts. So. But uh, we don't have those folks to retest it. Now, we, we've tested it before. You know, I remember uh, I had my, my workout notes from when me and my training partner back in Illinois started the program and how long we stayed on it. And it was long. But I ended up resetting my bench press maybe 15 times. You know, well, I didn't get much better. But my squat and power clean were going up. So, again, what's the overall goal? Is it just to build that the most – and establish a base level of strength in all your lifts, maybe it is to draw it out, you know. Um, but I don't know. I was, I was texting John. We have like a text string of like 80 messages about uh, about it. He was in Phoenix the other day with his family on a little, uh, little excursion to see Dr. Tom and work on some supplementation stuff. But, you know, again, we're between that, Viber, because uh, he was in the UK, like we've just been going back and forth on this thing, and we'll have an answer, and you'll see it in volume two of uh, the training, the training manual. There's a couple of good questions that have popped up that are going to be added there, as well. So you realize you just committed to writing volume two, too, right? What's that? You realize you just committed on air to writing volume two. Well, I thought by releasing something called volume one, it's implied there is going to be additional volumes. Oh heck no! no really? No, no. All right, then. Not, 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 in, not in science writing, anyway. Uh, uh, comment withdrawn. <laughs> hey, you have complete editorial control, anyhow. So. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so there you go. That's what happens. So, uh, so you guys me, about okay, go ahead, Denny. Go ahead, Denny. I was just going to say that's when I hear you guys talk about like taking over the world, you know, there's like little like nuggets there from uh, what, what that means, what that implies, you know. Sure. Yeah. Well, ta- I mean, taking over the world just is is about critical mass. So, we, how do we take it to that next level? How do we get into untapped markets? How do we how do we get people to understand? Uh, sports isn't about putting up numbers in the weight room. You know, there's we run it through it time and time again. Uh, oh no, my my guy's got to hit three fifteen before they can start. What is what is benching 315 have to do with playing football? Now, I mean, there's there is a connection, there is a tangible connection, but there's all sorts of really good athletes who are amazing football players who may not be able to bench 315. You know, and, and that goes for any sport. So um, uh, that that's what the the takeover of the world is, where people people understand the method is about performance on field and not necessarily performance in the weight room. And while they are strongly correlated, there has to be an appreciation for the fact that how you apply your training in the weight room can improve on field performance. And it doesn't always have to be about the numbers. Absolutely. So how do we get that message out? We, uh, we trick a couple guys who follow the program into, uh, running a podcast for us. Let's see. What else do we do? Uh, (laughs) 
we brainwash a, a brilliant designer in the UK and get him to help us out so we, we can get some quality uh, material put together. But uh, no, it's all about you know finding people uh, like yourselves who are, who've had great experiences with it and really spreading the word. And that's the strategy. Uh, that's a strategy is just you know build an army and uh, spread the word. Nice. That's awesome. Steve, what were you going to say before? Uh... I completely forget. It was something about that amateur program. I'm so sick of hearing about the amateur program, though, so I'm not going to ask it. You know, it's still like pretty much like one of the hottest topics on the. I guess, all right. So I guess every single day somebody's asking a question about should I switch and, you know. Yeah. Should I? I don't want to secret squirrel it. You know, how, how do I do this? You know, and then it's like, no, I have to have blind devotion to this specific program, you know, the greatest program that I've ever come across. I mean, I think that's what I fell in love with, with CrossFit football Yeah, back in 09 was just, I kind of felt like, man, this is what I've been waiting for, you know? Um, but I mean, after hearing like Luke and John and Callie and Tex all on this podcast talking about how you can, um, you know, if, if you have to bring up, you know, a lagging body part or whatever because you're struggling with a said lift, do it. You know, it's okay to do it. But still, there's, you know, people who just, they, I don't know, what are they, what are they searching for, Luke? What do they need? Do they need you to drive over and knock on their door and be like, dude, it's okay? I think I, I think I figured it out. All right, here's the answer. As long as you think it's working, then do it. How's that? The last Great thing I- answer. <laughs> but here, here's the critical thing here, Luke. They have to be thinking, right? Right. Um, I think some of the comments you're talking about, Denny, um, people come on like new, fly out of the gates like, oh, my God, I don't know which one should I go, blah, 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 whatever. It's like, dude, calm down. Think about it, right? Like if your lower back is the weak point, the weak link in your armor, then do some work on that. Right. I mean, no one is going to throw you off the blog site if you do a few extra banded good mornings or some back extensions or something. I mean, like I I don't I mean, I can't speak for that because I don't run the blog, but I don't think anyone's going to ban you from the blog. It's a it's a weird like um, inability to sometimes think outside the box or think for yourself. Yeah, for sure. But that's I mean, that's why uh, that's why the, the this whole CrossFit training deal whether or not you own a gym or uh, you're a specialty cert or CrossFit HQ is so popular. And, but it like, and not that that there's nothing wrong with that. (laughs) Like, uh, because that's, people are busy enough and they probably, there's probably the busiest people in the world that follow some of this stuff. And, uh, they're like, I literally am mind numbed by my 70 hour a week job. I just want you to tell me what to do. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's and I don't want to say like, I don't want to green light that because there, if you've been doing this long enough, uh, you should, and this is something you're passionate about. I absolutely urge you to pick up a book, you know, mm-hmm. uh, pick up super training and take, take a year and a half to read it a couple times. It's your new Bible and, uh, and just make it, make a, try it and see what works for you, you know, um, and whether or not it works isn't always physiological. It's it's also psychological. Um, so the the like I, we got a guy at our gym. Uh, 
he's uh he's a Cairo guy. He helps us out quite a bit with some of the some of the nuts and bolts of around this stuff. But he's on the amateur progression, and uh, he's like, oh well, I'm just gonna ride it out till I hit uh, 340 pounds for three sets of five. If you're happy doing that, then do it. You know, will it get you there? Yes. You will get there eventually. Like you keep applying the stress, your body will continue to adapt. Um, could it potentially adapt quicker on the collegiate program? Yes. But who cares? I mean, I guess if you're if there is no time crunch, then do the amateur progression. But where you have to be conscious and cognizant of this is if you have an athlete who has a compressed timetable, where okay, you're not just, you know you're not a 30 year old chiropractor. You're an 18 year old kid, and you need to be at the top of your game as soon as you can be. You know, you're you're a 20 year old kid, and the NFL's right around the corner. Well, you need to be doing whatever's optimal because that window, even if it is a decade, is really compressed when uh, when you have half the year in season. You know, so your off season training has to be dialed. It has to be efficient. It has to be optimal, and that's. So there's really two, you know, you can see how the application could be different based off of the specific adaptation that has to be imposed. Yeah, right, right. Hey, I'm 16 years old. I got six weeks till, you know, football starts. Get me to, you know, X level. Go. Right. And whatever right. whatever works the fastest, which linear progression is the most accelerated approach to, to putting on – putting on body weight, uh, to getting stronger, to getting more powerful. So that's, I mean, it works the quickest. You see a plateau once you reach your base level of strength. And that's where, that's where the collegiate template we feel is optimal, but how long it takes you to get there depends on all sorts of stuff. So, and that's, those are the things we have to take into account. And, uh, we have, like I said, when we do a round table, uh, you know, there's gonna be a lot of variables thrown out there, uh, that we're going to have to account for, but it's interesting stuff. And this is where, this is where it's like, it never gets, never gets old, never gets boring. And, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to cast stones, but I can't, I can't count on on two hands the number of times we've revisited our claims and tried to like whether or not they've been proved wrong. Uh, we've made an adjustment, but like we're always willing to bend and and whatever works the best. That's what we're wed to. We're performance horse. You know, like I'm not you know, I don't look for a specific I'm not wed to a specific method or or lift. Whatever works the best, we're going to go with. And that's really yeah. that's really what's pretty unique about the program as well. And that's awesome. I and mean, that's true to sort of scientific nature, right? You don't just stick with something because you created it. You know, you you modify it and 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 mold it into what works. It sounds to me like you guys have an insurmountable or or maybe surmountable with your team, but you know, you're at the interface of what I would consider group programming and, and I mean at 20,000 that's a hell of a group and then the individual piece right right I mean you know it's hard to say what kinds of variables will come up in your little round meeting but I bet you one of them will be things like recovery and diet I mean I think about my personal existence right two-year-old relatively good diet I think I have a full-time job other people might disagree um <laughs> And then I and I train, right? And so 
you know, I teach, I do research and all that stuff. So like, but I don't have that, you know, nine to six grind with a two hour commute with four kids at home, you know, et cetera, et cetera, that I don't live under an airport. Right. So these are all factors that are going to impact probably, I would think, how these things work. I think lots of the books are awesome and they give us a foundation. But, the, you know, lots of that data was formulated on like Russian superstars. Right. Absolutely. So you got to keep that stuff in mind, too. You know, I can't speak for anybody else on the blog, but I am not a Russian Olympic weightlifter and um, I'm Polish. And uh <laughs> Um, but, uh, I mean, that's a, that's, that's a huge task to undertake. I mean, you know, it's getting to the point where like people are going to start saying, okay, well, this is what I eat. This is how many calories I have. This is my stress level. And, you know, it comes back to a, to a conversation that I hope we can get John back on to have again is, um, probably ultimately, I think it's going to barrel down to something like this wellness RX type of, um, I think it's, I don't know if it's called that or genics or something, whatever it's called, uh, this biomarker analysis type of thing. I, uh, recently went to the doctors <laughs> and my doctor is, um, kind of, I guess, new age or something, but he, I'm approaching 40 and he just runs like a full biomarker scan on me and gives me great feedback. And I know what to do with that feedback. And turns out what I'm doing is working. Cholesterol is good. Testosterone is good. All the supplement, uh, all the uh, subsequent analyses of uh, inflammatory markers and all that stuff. Like I'll probably walk out of my office and die. Right. But all of the <laughs> on paper indicators of health and fitness and what have you look good. So like that's going to also, I think, play a role. If you come to the table with a biomarker analysis that's loaded with inflammatory proteins and cholesterol is horrible and testosterone is low, your adaptation or response to any training program is going to be fundamentally different or, or at least the, the trajectory, I would think, correct me if I'm wrong, Luke, is going to be different than the person who comes to the table with a biomarker analysis that's like 100% spot on. Um, I think those two individuals are going to vary with respect to their response to to training adaptation. You're absolutely right because those are the components of recovery and recovery is required to drive adaptation. So right. you're 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 100% on it's just uh, could you imagine that task? Like could you no. imagine going to a website where you have to plug in all your freaking uh, <laughs> all your your blood work and it tells you uh, exactly what program to go on for exactly how long. That's hey Denny, that's world domination right there. Dude, that that just sounds cool. Can't imagine that website. That but website would only in my imagination that it exists. Yeah, but I mean, with should we barrel forward? How long have we been been on the air? I don't know. We've been jabbering on here a bit. Yeah, we yeah. got about ten minutes. I we've can't. Been on for Forty minutes. All right, we've probably just bored the hell out of people. Right. Uh, but uh, I guess what that old boy, what we're we even talking about? Amateur. Oh, yeah, we'll figure it out. How was that? There we go. Yeah. <laughs> it all makes sense. We trust you guys. Perfect. Um. All right. So let's go into the questions submitted to us. EJ Watson. He says, "Good afternoon." First, let me tell you how much I appreciate the Power Athlete Radio series. That's right. That's right. Um, it's 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 nice to be appreciated, you know. It just feels really nice to be appreciated every once in a while. It, it does. I mean, give give me give me my uh, my pink fuzzy warm blanket, and I'll be cool. <laughs> Whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, you need to hang out sometime, dude. Yeah. You're a funny um, bloke. I can't tell you how much more entertaining 
my ride to work is. I'm looking for some advice and I'm hoping you can point me in the right direction. I'm 30, 197 pounds, 20% body fat, no serious history of injuries. I started lifting my junior year of college, played rugby and boxed, cool. I continued to play rugby after college and became more proficient at my lifts. Here I am now with two kids and I've sort of hit an impasse. I'm looking to increase my level of fitness. Uh, I'm reading both K-Star and BMAX new books and I may have information overload. If I were to ask what I'm training for, I guess I would want to get back into shape for rugby. I want to increase my lifts, cut my times, and jump my lung. I know there is no secret squirrel, but what should I do? Follow CrossFit football, CrossFit endurance, main site. Is there some odd combo there that I can help? Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. Thanks, guys. Keep up the good work, EJ. So, he wants to get bigger, faster, and stronger. I got. What does he do? <laughs> I don't. Uh, What's a boy to do? All right. So let's. He absolutely has information overload. Um, it's our my my suggestion. If you're trying to do all those things, uh, you know, increase endurance and oxidative capacity, increase work capacity. AKA fitness level, increased strength, increased power. Like it all doesn't happen at once. You know, um, strength and power are the foundation of any sort of athleticism. So if you think of it like a house, uh, you don't build the roof first. You lay a foundation, right? And you build the framework on top of that. Okay. At the very base of this thing, uh, there is a required level of GPP. Now, you only need to be in good enough shape to survive the programming. Let's say strength and uh, strength and power are your first training adaptation that you're looking for. Then follow CrossFit football, period. Uh, Absolutely. That you will get stronger, bigger, faster, and more powerful. Now, uh, you know, in terms of work capacity, if you're looking for the appropriate amount of work capacity to be in quote-unquote rugby shape, then join a rugby league. After, I don't know, eight months of training or maybe a year because we're if you follow football, CrossFit football for a year, you're going to get pretty big uh, relative to your size. You're going to get strong. You're going to get powerful. If you treat the sprints like, uh, you know, it's life or death, you will get faster. Um, now, if you want to get and we'll get you in a pretty good shape, too. I mean, in terms of work capacity, but you're not going to win the CrossFit Games. Uh, will you be prepared to jump on into a rugby training camp? Absolutely. After you finish your rugby training camp, you're going to be in rugby shape. That's all. You know, that's that would be my approach. Now, uh, uh, there is no <laughs> I don't. That's funny how he's like, there's no secret squirrel. But what's the secret combo? Uh Consistency in training is one of the best tools to drive uh, or to achieve your goals, and you have to be patient. And Google ruined it for for everybody. I love it. I'm bound to it. Uh, if I could marry Google, I probably would. But they give you what you need and what you want in fractions of a second. I literally uh, in 0.25 seconds, I can get one billion results. Right now, if you're looking to get 
bigger and stronger. Now, let's say he wants to put on uh, 20 pounds lean muscle mass. That might take eight months. That might take that might take 14 months. So think about how much bigger you want to be uh, if you want to get stronger. I don't know what your baseline is now, but let's say you want to put 150 pounds on your squat and 70 pounds on your bench press. Okay, well, if you follow the amateur progression, assuming you don't reset, uh, it's going to take you 15 weeks to put 150 pounds on your squat, right? And then 70 pounds, what's that? Divide that by five, nobody knows, 14 weeks, right? So there's that's how long it's going to take you, assuming you don't reset. Now, let's say you throw and you, want, you don't want to jump off amateur progression. Uh, let's say you throw in three or four resets, then you're going to add another nine to 12 weeks onto that. So it's possible it can get you there, but it's consistency in training. And, uh, you know, EJ is lucky enough to have a resource out there that programs consistently and has done so for the past four years now, you know, and that's CrossFit football. And that's, it sounds like we're, we're, we're geared towards his, his ultimate training goals. I would just, uh, you know, be realistic with some training goals and be, you know, that are, are quantifiable and, and throw them out there and, uh, you know, put a stake in the ground and move forward. I think you raised a really good point there which is consistency and what I was going to say, and then you said it immediately as I was going to say it, was patience. Um, everybody, I don't know. I guess maybe because I'm older and I realize, like, I'm not going to win the CrossFit Games. I know, guys, I said it here first, okay? Um, but patience is really something that's important in weight training. You know, like, you get these programs that are based on percentages or what have you, and people want to just quick rush up and, like, go for their 1RM after two weeks of doing a 14-week program. Or, you know, it's just stick to the program and be patient because it works. Yeah. Stick to the program. It works. Everything's all good. Yeah. It doesn't sound good on uh, Denny's end. It sounds like there's a bunch of crying babies. <laughs> uh, tell me about it, right? Tell me about it. <laughs> no, I'm just this messing. This life. Real life. Right now. There's life happening right there. You testing your G- GPP? Definitely. This is what I train for. <laughs> That's right, man. And kids will tax your GPP. <laughs> you know what my kid did today? Well, I, oh, I shouldn't tell you on air. It's crazy. Um he did a belly flop from the top of my bed, king bed. It's about three feet off the ground. Belly flop onto the carpet. Oh, Straight yeah. Baller. Yeah. And well, he looked at me like, why did that hurt? Because <laughs> it's, it's hardwood floor underneath. Yeah. That's a, you know, that's a, actually, that's one of the best uh, ways to increase uh, trunk strength is just belly flop onto the ground. <laughs> Hey, if that gets programmed on CFFB, we have to have video <laughs> submission required. Uh, <laughs> man. So I don't know. Do you guys have anything to add for for that question? No, I mean, I, I think the K-Star book is great for like injury prevention and general mobility and stuff. I don't know anything about BMAX book. Um, I agree with you, though. I mean, if he's going to play rugby – 
I mean, it seems like there's nowhere else to come but CrossFit football. I mean, unless he goes and gets a a personal coach, right, who's going to, you know, identify every weakness he has and hammer it away and get on the field. But it's like we've said time and time again, CrossFit football isn't going to get you ready to play your sport necessarily. It's going to get you in shape to be ready to get in shape to play your sport, right? You learn to play your sport on the field of your sport and you get conditioned to play your sport on the field of your sport. This is this sets up, like you said, like the foundation. So, I mean, it, it almost seems like, uh, I don't know, it seems to me like maybe he wrote in sort of knowing the answer, but just wanted to hear it from the horse's mouth, so to speak. It's been reaffirmed. It's been affirmed. So, what else, guys? Well, you know, uh, one of the things you might toss out, one of the things you might toss out to EJ is, look, if you're going to start doing CrossFit football, um, he could be one of your initial data points, right? Send sure. some info, send some stats, um, and then get on the program. And, you know, comp- even if it's just like something like compare your rugby performance back in your college days to now, um, your squat numbers, that sort of thing. I mean, he's like a good, he hasn't made a decision yet. So good baseline data point. Sure. And I guess that goes for anyone, any of you guys who have like a spreadsheet out there and are will, want to share it or are willing to share it. We'd be more than willing to take a look at it. And, uh, you know, it'd be it'd be interesting stuff to, to kind of gaze over and uh, as much info as you'd be willing to share, you know, but um, yeah, it'd be interesting. Probably, you could probably keep the humidity to yourself. <laughs> well, so the thing about EJ, too, is like he's not untrained. Right. You know, so it's um, where where he, there's probably been a severe amount of detraining and uh, starting on the amateur progression would be ideal. He already has certain a certain level of, of adaptation that's kind of ingrained in his, his central nervous system, you know? So would he be the same as the 21-year-old kid who's never really lifted weights? He's only uh, ran and done whatever he's done in PE class. All right. Uh, I, I don't think so, but no, you know, who's, who's to say again, assuming all the other variables are within a, a certain threshold of each other. Right. Yeah. I mean, we could armchair it all day long. Right. But the data is where the data are. So. Yeah. But cool. Cool. Well, gentlemen, that's, uh, that puts us over an hour. Well, all right. Yeah, that who I can't. I got to think of his name. He got his wish. Him and like yeah. the other, the, the other forty-five people around the world who listen to this. You know, <laughs> once we get triple digits, once we get triple dig- digits, it's gonna. You know, we're gonna celebrate. You know, we'll do that show. Play take. Were we talking on the air or off the air about uh, maybe having a cocktail or two during one of these and just see where it takes us? You know, probably yeah. five hours. That's the one we'll have to video record. That one would be video. <laughs> we could play virtual beer pong. Oh, I love it. You guys do uh, – you play any fantasy football? I do. I'm in, I'm in a league back home with a, a few guys in Chicago, and then we, yeah. have, a, we have a league in, uh, in our gym at Balboa. <laughs> um, did you do your draft already? My draft is this weekend for, for the big one. Uh, next week, I got next Thursday, next Sunday, I think, and I'm totally unprepared. Yeah. So I gotta it, get some. You know I gotta what, get dude, some it's magazines. Just, it, it's the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's the same thing. The, the same players that were kicking ass at the end of the season last year, they're gonna dominate. Dude, they're it's, gonna dominate. You know, it's 
I think last year uh, I had the bookends. So I had the 10th and the 11th pick. And it was Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. Uh-huh. Dude, people are like, what? You know, they still want to take running backs. And I get that. Um, but it's a passing league, you know? Mm-hmm. And we went all the way to the championships and we didn't make it because uh, his running back, the team had was like stacked, you know, Ray Rice, um, the guy who's the Bears uh, wide receiver who, you know, okay, I'm drawing a blank right now. But uh, he was like really hot towards the end. Brandon Marshall. And, uh, we, you know, Gronkowski for us got hurt. As soon as he went down, we were kind of, we didn't really have a reliable backup. But, um, you know, I tell you, if we, this year I got the eighth pick. And it's like, if, if there's a good quarterback, I'm taking it, you know. I'll, I'll get some running back in the second rounds or whatever, but. So I've never played a fantasy sport ever. No? Oh, nope. shit, dude. No, nope. I'm not even sure how it works, to be quite honest. I, I usually make fun of people who play fantasy sports. I, I think it's kind of like the Dungeon Dragons of sports. <laughs> right? I am the wizard. You guys, like, get around and, like, wear, like, capes and have, like, little characters and, like, cast spells on each other. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's it's freaking... Uh... I'm I'm no good at it. I'm no good at it, man. But I'll tell you what, it does make uh, you know if you and if you have time to sit down and watch some football, uh, if your if your team isn't playing, uh, it does make watching other games a lot more interesting. Yeah, I have heard that. And is it pretty self sufficient? Like, I mean, once you sign up and pick your your team, is it like it's pretty self sufficient, right? Like, you know where you stand at the end of the weekend, or the I guess Tuesday morning. Dude, it's, yeah, it's, you set your lineup and then they play. You can't. Yeah, I guess. Well, I guess what I'm asking is like, is there a web page? Well, yeah, dude. It's well, it's you start your own league and you. It's you, there's apps, there's stat trackers. It's real time. I mean, it's all on your mobile phone. It could be on anything. It's like, dude, it's it is an amazing industry that's that's been created. And and I was kind of with you, Steve, in the sense that I'm like, what are these? Pe- what are you guys doing? This is stupid. And yeah. uh, you know, if you if you're passionate about a certain sport, it gets you even deeper. You know, in the sense of you get to manage this team, you monitor the league, you fish for trades, uh, you strategize week by week on how you're going to beat this guy. You know, and how you can trade with this guy. And I'll tell you, it's real shitty if your job forces you to work and travel all day Sunday. It's really not that fun. It's more of a – it's my third full-time job is what it turns into. You know, I don't even have a DVR, so I can't DVR the games. Like, it's uh, – so it's it's a, it's turned into a challenge ever since that's become a, a requirement for me. Nice, nice. Well, maybe I'll check it out this year. Think about the players too, you know. I mean, are we going to see a, a, a day when these players are sitting down like negotiating their contracts – um, fantasy football stats are going to be like added into the language, you know, <laughs> if you get said 100 yard game, well, it probably already is, isn't it? It's just not 
not in that like uh, content as far as fantasy football, but they probably do get some kind of bonus incentive for you know offensive defensive player of the year, uh, so many touchdowns, right? Oh yeah, yeah, all yeah. that stuff, all that stuff's in there for sure. But wow. uh, I right. guess I was thinking more of like when would the when would fantasy football really like dictate uh, player contract structuring? You know, when are you going to hear the guy? after the game get on the podium and be like, hey, to all those people who drafted me, I'm sorry I didn't get my hundred yard game, you know? I mean, is it gonna get to that point? Hopefully not. I don't I don't I hope not either. But it's possible. There's a lot of people. It's possible. It, yeah. It's a huge thing. I mean they they have shows on it and everything now and like Sports Center and um you know, we'll see. I mean thank God they brought it to golf. I don't know what I'd do if they didn't have fantasy golf or fantasy NASCAR. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, I got to get some work done, okay? <laughs> all right. Yeah, for sure. We're way past time, but it's all right. It's all good. Yeah, no, it's cool. I'll check out fantasy football leagues. Cool. All right, guys. All right. Take care, guys. Thanks See you,